Welcome to Jesus Has Left the Building, where we talk with people leading creative, outside the box, I mean outside the church building, ministries that inspire and engage us. Our vision is to unfold God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Our hope is that these stories will help you find ways to engage in your own communities as we work together for a more just and loving world. This is the Jesus Has Left the Building podcast, where ministers, people of faith, activists, and church leaders have left the building too, with Marta and Mandy. Welcome to our fourth season of Jesus Has Left the Building. Right now, it's just Marta, it's me, and Mandy. And we are here, and we're excited to be here again. And in some ways, we can't believe we're all the way at our fourth season. Holy smokes. We've we, been killing it. We have been killing it. And we started this with just sort of an experiment and we just love it. Here we are. So when the pandemic forced us to close our physical doors on Sunday mornings, we quickly realized that there was a need for spiritual connection and storytelling and shared wisdom outside of Sunday morning. Being a small congregation, we knew we did not have the resources for high virtual production quality. Yeah, and you know, maybe some of our listeners don't really know much about Black Forest Community Church. We are a small congregation. We have about a hundred people in our community. We have a small um, sanctuary. It's in the Black Forest, um, right outside of Colorado Springs, and there's no um, what do you call it? Fiber fiber op- optic optic going Wi-Fi. To- yeah. So So we couldn't be super snazzy and, you know, put on these big, huge virtual worship services from our sanctuary. We literally couldn't even just Facebook live our worship services from our sanctuary because we didn't have enough juice. Yeah, we tried. (laughs) We did try. We We did try to do that. Um, So doing this podcast was our way of being um, available and um, accessible to not just our community, but to everybody um, as they are at home. And plus it just, so, I mean, here's the deal is that Mandy and I did not wanna take anything that we did in person and try to replicate it online anyway. So, I mean, it's actually super great that we didn't have fiber optic because we didn't- It was a good excuse. It was a good excuse. I mean, it just wouldn't have been our authentic selves um, doing that. And so um, the podcast has worked. Um, And so here we are sharing stories and conversations of experts um, in areas such as social action and organizational development and education and advocacy around issues of racism and LGBTQ inequality and immigration and more. And it has helped our congregation and our wider community know how to respond in these troubling times. And so in some ways it has become not just like worship in a different way, right? It's also become like adult education, adult faith formation for our people, because we've been able to, you know, gather the experts in really important fields to tell stories that we would not have been able to do otherwise. That's so true. For our listeners, worship and learning no longer happens just on Sunday mornings, but it can be accessed while in the car, taking a hike, or while making dinner each evening, or at least that's our hope. That is our hope. Um, you know, our, 
our, the name of our podcast, Jesus has left the building is, um, is really true for us, right? In a lot of ways, Jesus has left the building and this season, season four, our goal is to share stories of how Jesus has moved into the virtual space in the age of hybrid churches. And as we move out of this global pandemic, more and more pastors and church leaders are navigating in this new digital territory for their ministry. And, you know, there are also others who have been showing us the way into this new frontier for some time. So this season, Follow Me and Subscribe, explores some specific examples of people doing super creative social media ministry. In this new 21st century world, social media platforms have become this canvas for creative expression and for spirituality to coexist, much like more traditional art forms in the past. With guests who are practitioners of this new art form, we are going to tell the story of how God and social media intersect through the particular artistry of going live, collecting followers, building community virtually, and about how communities are really transformed through a different kind of preaching on this social platform. I know, I think that's one of our biggest things is figuring out a way to redefine the word. Right. How do we redefine what preaching actually means? Yeah. And that has been really transformative for both of us, I think, over the course of this year. Plus, um, we don't really preach traditional sermons anymore. And I think, you know, maybe there are some people who miss that, but I don't know that I do. <laughs> I know, really? Geez, I mean, um, our preaching has even spanned to the actual people of our yeah. congregation, like in just casual conversation, they have been preaching. Yep. It's Super amazing. Great. In this first episode of season four, four, we are calling it Zoom Head. We talk about why we decide to have conversations on digital ministry and media and how we birthed a digital ministry during the pandemic. We also welcome Andrew Ponder Williams, a minister in training in the Southwest Conference of the United Church of Christ and campus minister at Arizona State University. Mm -hmm. Is that right, Mandy? Yeah. He shares his story of young adults, Zoom, and small groups. Yeah. Who at this point cannot relate to Zoom head? I mean, some days, like, I'm on Zoom after Zoom after Zoom after Zoom, and I feel like my head is going to explode. I know. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. So, um, you know, throughout each of our seasons, I don't know how much our listeners know this, but we always place resources on our church website under the podcast tab. Um, you can always um, go there to find more about our guests, to get resources on, you know, when they quote a book or, oh, you should go watch this film or things like that. We put links so that people can find things there. Um, and actually, right before we launched this season, we had decided, I think, what we were going to focus on. But then we got wind of this final lecture from Professor Jeffrey Mahan on his retirement from Iliff School of Theology in Denver, Colorado, of which Marta and I are both alums. His lecture is called Social Media and Ministry. That lecture is available for you on our website, www.blackforestcommunitychurch.org slash jhltb. 
that's short for Jesus has left the building. Um, and you can check it out. Dr. Mahan talks about the intersections and contrasts of ancient religion and our modern world. He first dates back to the invention of the telephone. This And this is so interesting, right? Even then, pastors were perplexed at this new invention, and they didn't think it could be used for pastoral care or other parts of ministry over the phone. Which and now, is kind of how I feel about Zoom, by the way. Right. But now, can you even imagine trying to do your job without a phone? No. Right. Like, it's amazing how quickly that shifts. We know that new technology and media has been widely used for ministry for several generations. Televangelists were all the rage in the mid-1980s. Religion has never been unaffected by communication and media. I think that is a quote directly from Dr. Mahan. But right now we are on the rise of ministry and media in some profoundly inspiring ways. In this season of the podcast called Follow Me and Subscribe, we seek to hear the stories of those people taking these newer forms of media, social media and amateur broadcasting to a new level. And we drew on this book, both of us read it. We actually had our staff ministry team also read it. And it's called The Art of Gathering by author Priya Parker. It's super great. Yeah. And it's not religious in any way, shape or form, but I think every church gathering would find it useful. Yes, absolutely. Parker describes the dynamics of creating successful gatherings as three or more people gathered around a very specific purpose. As Christians, we know that where two or three are gathered, God is there. We know that from the Gospel of Matthew 18, 20. We believe that this divine space can also be created virtually. Parker describes a podcast gathering, and I think she did this on when she was on the Brene Brown's podcast, yes, she said so. this. So this isn't from the book, but it's from the podcast. So you can actually listen to her first. Right. That's how we found her, I think. Mm -hmm. So she describes the gathering as the host, the guest, and the listeners with an intentional focus on storytelling. Social media and other forms of gathering people through technology is a way of creating community in a completely different way. Dr. Mahan calls it fluid theologies or fluid communities. For these communities, the relationships are with the individuals, not the institutions. And we are like really excited to explore that because I think for us, none of these virtual ministries that we're talking about, are, we, we're not wanting to replace. No. Mm -mm. Uh, yeah. And I don't think any of our guests are. Um, we are just wanting to lift them up as ministries that live alongside right, right. Um, what we know of the church right, right now. Right. So this, this particular episode, we're focusing on Zoom. And um, we're actually, Marta and I are recording this um, conversation right now via Zoom. Um, and we use Zoom for all of our podcast um, recording. And I am 100% certain that if you have been part of a local church community at any point during the pandemic, you have probably been a part of a worship service or faith formation offering or prayer group via Zoom. 
Zoom like quickly became one of the most common ways that churches reached their congregants virtually. Interestingly, at BFCC, we use Zoom as our platform for services in January and February of 2021. And that was it. Right. So later in the pandemic, we, I mean, we used it for meetings and some, uh, yeah, lots of other things, but we didn't use it as our platform for our worship services until early this year. But, you know, I was thinking about all of the liturgical, um, traditional, rituals that I have participated via Zoom this year. Um, Sunday worship, both at BFCC and also I've popped into some other um, communities. I've done memorial services via Zoom, ordinations, and even a wedding via this platform. It has been incredibly um, universal and flexible and a way that people can, you know, kind of connect in in these different ways. So um, we'll hear from our guest, Andrew Ponder Williams in a little bit, um, who he used Zoom to create a youth ministry opportunity at ASU. So I'm gonna be honest. Do it. Just gonna be super duper honest. I actually can't stand Zoom. I know, she hates it. I don't like it super duper a lot, but Marta actually hates it. I do not love it at all. And you know, and I can rationally, sit here and tell you how helpful it has been um, in a variety of ways in my work in the last more than a year and in even ways that I'll continue to use it. For sure. Um, But I think um, it's just too flat. It is flat. And, you know, I'm I'm, um, sort of in between the S and the F on the Myers-Briggs, so the feeling sensing, I'm kind of 50-50. And so, walking into a space, into a community, and just sort of taking in right all the sensory pieces of mm-hmm. it really help orient myself mm-hmm. as a leader right. and really like I get my antennas go up. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, and then in combination with the whole feeling piece, the right. emotional piece, right? And I can't get that on Zoom. It's true. You can't, it's none of that is there. And there's always that awkward moment, right? When you go into a Zoom unless it's super well um, organized, where like maybe there's supposed to be small talk and maybe you could pick up on some of that there, but it, like you said, it's just so flat, right? And it's hard to absorb any kind of sensing. Well, so I think that the reason that we decided not to do Zoom worship from the beginning, um, that that wasn't just because I didn't like it you know, I think there was some other values just to be clear. I think for Mandy and I, we definitely didn't want to replicate our worship. Right. Even when we did do Zoom worship, it was not. Okay. Sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So my point is, is that we did not want to replicate our worship service. And at that point in the very beginning, we didn't know how else to do it. Right. Zoom, like we hadn't yet um, experienced Zoom enough to know how to actually be super fluid and creative with it. Right. 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 So it, that's why it, it took us such a long time to be like, okay. Right. Okay. We better try this, but we had enough experience and we had been doing other creative things that I think, you know, it was really, um, we used it as, um, 
you know, kind of an opportunity to mesh the book study. We did sort of two book studies via Zoom on, in our Sunday morning worship time, along with more liturgical worship elements. Right. And I think that, um, you know, by the time we got to the sort of the end of the year, at the end of the pandemic year, I should say, and we were in these Zoom things, it was these Zoom worships, let's call them that, not things. Um, that's how much I don't like it. <laughs> um, is that um, it was actually quite refreshing to be in those spaces by that time. Um, and one of the most lovely things, I mean, when, when you're in isolation at that level for such a long time, is that it was the breakout rooms. Right. I think th those were the most enriching and deepening pieces of it. And I think we realized that we actually had all these visitors mm -hmm. that were um, checking in to our podcast past or mm -hmm. following, us on, following us on social media or emailing us asking us when we were going to open up and um we really needed them to actually get to know our community right yeah. and so that was this very specific value in having them come on that zoom and then breaking into groups and simply getting to know each other mm -hmm. around a specific topic right right um so i'm gonna give a zoom a star for that yeah I mean, Way to go, Zoom. It did its job. You know, the, one of the other really interesting things that we did um, was this, um, you know, we, we got to know another church, right? Mm -hmm. we, um, we joined with our friend um, and pastor, Reverend Dr. Stephanie Rose Spaulding, um, who pastors Ebenezer Baptist Church here in Colorado Springs. Um, and they are a historically black church. They have a very different, um, way of doing worship than we do, but we were able to get onto these, um, prayer meetings that, um, they planned in advance of the, I think inauguration, okay. right. In January. So I think it was 10 days before right. they hosted every single night, a prayer meeting. Right. And I'm telling you, they just prayed, right. I know, I know that's going to sound shocking to all of For our, all of our like congregationalists. white congregationalists mm -hmm. out there. Um, we literally got on and people would just start praying mm -hmm. out loud for like minutes. Right. Long uh -huh. prayers. Long prayers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so then, of course, me, Marta, being, you know, the good <laughs> congregationalist, I would like copy and paste like a prayer from Henry Nowen or something and put it in the chat. <laughs> that felt like the safest thing for me to do. Right. Um, but it was, a, you know, it was this really interesting meshing of um, two communities and cultures and experiences and comfort levels, right, that I can't actually imagine that we would have that that our people would have our people from black forest would have been um interested or available or whatever to join the people from ebenezer yeah i don't think that actually would have happened any other way right. so zoom was kind of amazing in that way right and we got to know them and and as the days went on you know there were some people that became um, more comfortable, like our intern, Sylvia, would just break out in song. And that was amazing. Um, and then following that whole process, um, there are some people that really loved it right. and decided to create space for simply zoom prayer mm -hmm. in our own context. Now it, it was, it looked nothing like right. <laughs> it was different. Um, the, you know, Ebenezer, but you know, I think we'll continue to, I mean, we've taken off the summer with that prayer group, but I think we'll do that again. And 
prayer is powerful and awesome. And yep. so I think that's was one of the wonderful things that came out of those Zoom things. Um, I keep on calling them Zoom things. Zoom things, those Zoom, Zoom things, those sacred Zoom things. Um, well, and as I mentioned, you know, a little bit ago, without Zoom, we would not have the podcast. Right. We are using Zoom as our platform and have from the beginning as our platform for recording these podcasts because we have these guests who are all over the nation. You know, um, I mean, it was it was Zoom that made it possible for us to gather in the same space and putting that in quotation marks um, with Drew Hart in, mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, that's what made it possible for us to meet with John Dorhauer in Ohio, right? With Aurelia in Texas. Mm -hmm. Like we, we have had these guests and it has been because of Zoom that we could bring these people into our community and it's free and we can see their faces. And while it's, you know, flat or not as, there's not as much sensing to be done, um, it has been this opportunity that I, I would not trade. We've gotten to hear people's stories and the gifts they've brought into the world and their expertise. And we've gotten to know people that never in my whole life, I thought I would be in a relationship with. Right. Or get to know in that way. Right. Um, it's, it's really been a remarkable use of that tool. Right. Um, and I don't want to do a full-blown traditional worship service on Zoom. Right. Agreed. Yeah. I don't think that is our thing. And you know, it is, it is some people's thing and it works for some context, but I think we decided from the get-go and I think it was the right decision decision for Marta and Mandy and Black Forest Community Church that, um, that was not, that was not authentic to who we were and are. Right. But what's cool about that is asking the question, like, how can we use, I think over this whole season to think about like, how can you use these specific platforms in ways that work for your specific um, context and personality and leadership style? Like you don't have to do it in the way that someone else has done right. it. And I think that's what just took me a minute with it is yes, mm -hmm. I don't love it. And I think is the big thing. And how can we use it in a way that is authentic to us? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And that has been our, you know, I think our real growing edge over this pandemic, it has forced us to figure out what we're good at and how to mold and shape these tools that we have to fit our style and our context. And that has been, um, I think, super powerful for both of our leadership, our, you know, our ministry, all of it. We're excited to share this Zoom space today with Andrew Ponder Williams, who is joining us now. Hey, Andrew. Welcome. We're glad Thank you're with you. us. It's good to be here. Thank you. So um, this past year was our inaugural year for our UCC at ASU campus ministry. And as you can imagine, we probably had a lot of really incredible plans for in-person ministry and none of them happened. Um, and so we actually, in many ways, were kind of um, blessed, I think, to be brand new, even though we had a lot of plans in the works. 
because we weren't wed to any prior way of being a people together. So we, uh, my medium that we went with 99.9% uh, .9 of the time is one that we're probably all really familiar with and the one that is making your podcast possible, that being Zoom. Um, and we went with Zoom because, you know, especially since 90% of my students this past year were people I've never known in person, it was very important to us to have a, a highly interactive interpersonal as much as possible space. Um, and furthermore, especially for people who are in college and are needing support and might know what a pastor does, might not really know what a pastor does, it was important for me to, for them to understand through our community that my role was one of support, spiritual guidance, uh, facilitation for, for faith formation. So for me, it was important too that it be as interactive as possible through a Zoom kind of space uh, because I could kind of kind of live into that role. We, we even had Zoom worship. Um, people really liked that. I, I didn't like that. Don't be super honest. <clears throat> you know, I, I like worship with people in a place that's pretty. <laughs> and because I think that full sensory experience is important. Um, but people really liked worship on Zoom. I mean, I, I'm taking notes moving forward about uh, the future. Um, uh, and how much people liked that. The, and I think this is a critical point and it's, and it's, and it's exciting for me because I'm, I'm old school evangelical in the true sense of the word. Uh, take my, take my, my little pulpit moment. What evangelical truly is about, which is truly bringing people into a safe spiritual space, bringing them into that, that wholeness and unconditional love of God, right? And uh, social media is an incredible tool. And of course, we've been on social media. We, we've had a place where people can find us, vet us. I think social media is an important place where people can kind of vet to see, are you really active? Are you really inclusive? Is, are you really trying? Are you really passionate about the things that I'm passionate about? So that social media space is important. But in my experience, the people who actually show up and then become a part of the connection, become a part of that that community. It's still an interpersonal one-on-one -on -one invitation. And so I just want to um, like belabor that point because um, I feel I feel a responsibility as a 30-year-old called to ministry to kind of like hop in and tell the world, hey, yes, social media, social media, social media. Yes, absolutely. You need to be findable. You need to be present for sure. But your social media does not take the pressure off the people in the pews to go out and, and grow the community of God, right? Like that's the part that I think is um, so important, especially as we're hopefully, uh, and, and of course we're very privileged to say this in our country. I have, I have a lot of relatives around the world that are not able to say this right now, but as we're hopefully coming out of COVID this time, I think, I think if we if we really focus on that on that uh, uh, on that 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 yes, social media is more important than ever, but it's a tool to enhance our one on one connection and and outreach. Um, the, the church is going to have a pretty exciting future, I would say, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because we're we're empowering both you know uh, both both uh, forms, and so absolutely. 
Yeah. That's so it's like it's like coming it's like coming alongside the church. Yeah, right. So um, more like this a parachurch sort of model. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Exactly. So exactly. I, it's really interesting. I think just you know it, with your perspective in campus ministry with young people, Gen Zers, I guess, right? Um, and you are a millennial. Is that true? Yes. Um, I think I'm a smack dab in the middle millennial too. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think there's just this assumption, right? That like um, the people in those generations could just do life virtually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this affirmation that no, actually we want, we want both. And I think, you know, this year has given us so much to um, so much perspective, right? To really be able to identify what what we need in our communal spaces whether that be on the screen or not right um so that's that's all really fascinating um a big thing that we focused on in our online space is to really uh focus on a simple message that's impactful for all of us i think which is god is at work in you not in spite of who you are but because of who you are And that was kind of a foundational piece that we would come back to throughout the year because it's such a countercultural thing. Like even if you're super churchy, like we can all hear that message all the time. Like I believe that, that is my theology. That's like a core piece of it, that that idea. But I still wanna hear it all the time, right? It still feels really good to hear that. (laughs) But also for for people who are in the midst of, of, an, of an international crisis, who are just trying to go to school, who, who are struggling to make connections in a virtual space, who maybe have been avoiding church or have had bad experiences with other church, that was just a foundational message that really challenged them and also made it really clear how different we were from what they thought churches are or could be. Um, I wonder like if it felt safer for people to enter in to a Zoom platform Absolutely. Um, for the first time. Um, and I want, you know, that's it. That's an interesting sort of thing to unpack a little bit um, because, you know, you're just a, bo- a square in a box, uh-huh. right? So it has that sort of superficial, flat, mm-hmm. static piece of it and that box is a, like a symbol on, you know, an ancient cave that somehow has evoked spirit. So can you talk a little bit about, um, like, tell us what, like, I want to sort of know like the logistics in some ways and like, what was, what was it like? What was the program like? Did, did you just like put something out there on Facebook and say, hey, Zoom meeting tonight, this is what we're gonna talk about, this is what we're gonna do. And then people started funneling in, like what did what was that like? And then what was, like, did you spend an hour, two hours? What did you talk about? Did you do breakout rooms? Did you do whole group? Like, what, tell us about all of that. Oh, of course. So what we did is we did um, kind of your classic student organization thing, which is we picked our consistent meeting time. So we met every Thursday night on Zoom Um, And then we did worship once or twice a month as like a bonus thing, Um, uh, also on Zoom. And so our weekly small group was um, a check-in time, sharing your highs and your lows, your in-betweens. And then we would move into uh, usually prayer. We, We took some time to get there. You know, we weren't praying our first month. 
We were, mm. I was telling people it was coming, but I was also making sure that they didn't, you know, if they've been to a group where someone used prayer as a weapon, I wanted them to get to know me first and get to know us first before we, before we did that. So then we would move into a time of prayer. Then we would have a time of, of discussion. Honestly, I would usually use the lectionary scripture for that week um, as just a foundation. And I would have the group read it and share it. And then I would do everything in my capacity in the virtual space to, to encourage people you know, that this is a time for them to share how they're relating to that scripture, how they're experiencing it, um, what it's speaking to them, what's interesting about it to them, what questions do they have about it, and, and, and helping each person understand that regardless of what they've been told about who they are, because we have a lot of LGBTQ folks like myself, whatever, whatever, uh, and, and I think this goes back to that sacred that you're hoping for us to really focus on. Whatever they've been told about themselves or, you know, all the stuff, I mean, I can't even imagine, um, that they bring a spiritual wisdom to scriptural reflection. You know, we're not all gonna recognize it because we're all gonna experience the scripture differently and read it differently. And it's gonna mean something different to each of us. But really helping each person understand that they that they uh, you know they are beloved spiritual beings, and that's why we're having having that space to share scriptures in a sacred in a sacred way. Um, and then usually just kind of happy fellowship after that. Um, and you know what's what's exciting about that kind of format that we did. And again, if if it had been safe to do an in person component, I think it would have been even more impactful. But you know it wasn't. It was COVID time. Um, what was really, what, what, what's, what's fun for me, frankly, in my role, is the beautiful things that people see in the story when they get into that kind of space, when they get out of the, you know, this is what my church growing up said about it, or, or this is what my friend says about it, or, or this is every detail I know about this thing. When they get out of that space and they get down to what is it saying to them, the most beautiful encouraging beams of light emerge from that scripture um and and people especially the people that have never done church before the things that they pull out of that scripture i would never pull out the scripture because i've been churched 30 years and i like it but i'm not as open i have to hear it in a new way um and that was that that was profoundly sacred and mm -hmm. and very soulfully stirring even though we were on zoom well, and you know, and then the other thing that I'm sort of thinking about is um, I know that during this time I have um, joined a few Zoom gatherings, right? Um, book clubs and um, a support group and, you know, things like that, that I have, that have been super accessible in my schedule. Like, oh, I actually have time to get on and do this. And, and I would even do it like while I was taking like my three or four mile hike, I would just get on the Zoom and I would be able to do this thing active. I didn't have to get in my car. I didn't have to drive anywhere. I didn't have to miss dinner with my family, none of the things. And so um, while I do think that it in person is always number one, um, I wonder if they would have come in the same way. Well, and I wonder if even ongoing, 
will will you have better luck on Zoom with this group or better luck in person? And that's sort of something to sort of balance as we go forward, right? Mm -hmm. I think the area of innovation is how do we offer the Zoom for both convenience and consistency opportunities like you were talking about, like a participant, like, hey, I can still do this and do my, my other things that are important to me. Mm -hmm. But also, how can we offer this as a as a test run space? As a, is this are is this safe? Are these people real space? Mm -hmm. But how do we then build that 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 meaningful connection? That that meaningful invitation into in person? Mm -hmm. um, I I am. I, I really think that's that's going to be so powerful. And I think most people, you know, you offer food, they already know you. It's going to be cool. But there's, but there's going to be, I think, a group of people that 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 anxiety about about okay, I'm religious on the internet. Is it going to be safe to be religious in person? I mean, people have just gone through so many weird experiences, so many hurts. You know that that's a place for innovation for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I think any kind of medium, whether it's a digital medium or not, it has its limits. Like I'm thinking, you know, um, like just simply listening to a podcast as your church um, and that only will not do the job. It will be the icing on the cake. It will be, you know, that thing that comes along your other spiritual practices. It will be a place for inspiration and then you take it back out into the world, right? Um, and I think sort of Zoom um, is is just is just that and you know and it sort of reminds me as i'm looking at the the three of us on the screen um it's sort of like going to an art gallery like you go and you and you see these beautiful static pieces of art um and they're there and they are provided for a need and they give you something that is um, that warms your heart, that moves your spirit, that, you know, somehow ignites you back out into the world. And I think I, I look at these digital platforms in a similar way um, as, you know, even a concert, like the concert's not going to be ongoing. It's not going to, that music isn't always going to be there. It's going to be one piece of sort of a whole. And I think what we've learned during this year is that, oh, wait, we have another piece we can add to the mix, right? Um, and to be very thoughtful, intentional, like it's not gonna go away completely. So how can we integrate that into our um, liturgy in a broad sense, right? How can we, in a very broad sense, um, how can we integrate that into ministry in a really real and nuanced and interesting and creative way? So I am, I am just so pleased that you came and um, had this conversation with us, particularly around young adults. I think that um, people can learn a lot from that. Well, we are so glad you joined us and we hope that we can connect again soon. That'd be wonderful. So that's Zoomhead. So we are super excited to explore the ways that other churches and communities are using Zoom and other myriad social media platforms to make church happen in the age of the pandemic and moving out of the pandemic. So stay tuned for upcoming episodes that will be released on Sundays in June and July. 
and maybe the beginning of August of 2021 um, for season four, follow me and subscribe of Jesus Has Left the Building. Join us next week as we talk to Mitch Randall and Autumn Lockett of Good Faith Media about their new project for social media and faith. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Find us on Facebook at JHLTB and message us to learn how you can be part of this effort to tell stories, have conversations, build relationships, and follow Jesus out of the church and into the world. To support our work, search for Black Forest Community Church on Venmo to make a one-time donation or become a patron on our Patreon account at patreon.com slash jhltb to commit monthly to this project. You'll get regular communications and updates about our stories. We give thanks to Black Forest Community Church and the Tributary Fund of the Rocky Mountain Conference of the United Church of Christ for their ongoing support. We could not do this without all who support Jesus has left the building.